named Paul. In fact, the um, popular name was my grandfather, whose name was Frank. And then he named one of his sons Frank, and so they named my father Herbert Francis. So I dodged that bullet. Um, I love my dad, but man, growing up in the 70s with Herbert Francis Shumsky for a name, I got beat up enough. I didn't need the extra extra help. So I did some research, though, and I think the reason I got Christopher Paul is because my parents were very, very, very Roman Catholic. And Christopher and Paul were two saints, of course, in the Roman Catholic Church. Now, what's interesting is I look back, I, I don't know if my parents were actually thinking this, but St. Christopher is the patron saint of travel. So, for instance, a lot of Roman Catholics will have St. Christopher uh, necklaces or they'll pray to St. Christopher before they go on a trip. And then St. Paul is the patron saint of, um, of missions and of, theolo- of theology and of ministering to the Gentiles. And what's neat about that is I know that on April 26, 1965, my Roman Catholic parents did not stop and go, hmm, our boy is going to grow up to be a Protestant minister. But the names they gave me fit really, really well. Now, of course, through the years, very few people have called me Chris or Paul. Uh, in fact, my wife has never, I don't think you've ever called me Christopher. You call me Honey or Stallion, usually. Those are the names <laughs> that I, I, I get um, from my wife. Um, but actually, if I look back on my life, the, the one name I've been called the most is PC. It's not even a name. It's initials. For some reason, I'm Pastor Chris. I've been Pastor Chris for 25 years, and people just go with PC, which makes sense because that's, well, that's who I am. Now, you have probably different stories. Some of you are here today, and you've been given a name because, well, it's a part of a family, Right? And it's a heritage that you're carrying on. Some parents have named you after athletes or rock stars. Um, some of you gave, were given names for a purpose because your parents wanted you to grow up a certain way. And some of you are here today, and you're not even known by your name, right? You got stuck with some type of nickname, and that's just been who you are and who you've been all your life. Well, we're talking about names today because it is a week after Christmas, a week after the birth. And we find out in Luke chapter 2, verse 21, it says, When the eight days were completed, so eight days after his birth, he was circumcised and he was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. So a week after Christmas, Jesus got his name, Jesus. Now, why is this important? Why is this important to us today? Why does this matter? Well, we're going to look at that. But we're also going to go a little bit deeper. Because throughout the life of Christ, his name, or what he was known as, changed. And as that name changed, our names have changed. And our futures have changed. And so we're going to take a look at that, and then we're going to put it all together and say, okay... Well, how do we respond to all of this in 2017? So let's begin first by looking at Luke chapter 1, verses 30 to 33. And throughout this morning, I'll be reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. So that'll be the translation I'm using today. 
This is Luke chapter 1. This is before Jesus is actually born. And this is when the angel visits Mary. It says in verse 30, Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Now, just a little background here. Jesus is actually the Greek form of the Hebrew word for Joshua. And Joshua is a common name meaning Yahweh or God saves. So just as Joshua had led Israel to the promised land in the Old Testament, Jesus would lead us to eternal life. Now the symbolism of Jesus' name was not lost on the people of the day. They really believed in the power of a person's name. And we read through the scriptures and we see in the power of Jesus' name, demons are cast out. In the power of Jesus' name, people are healed. In the power of Jesus' name, sins are forgiven. Now, a lot of you know that. So let's take it now to like what I call the next level. Let's go a little bit deeper and turn to Galatians chapter 4, verses 3 through 7. This is Paul writing. Galatians 4, verse 3, he says, In the same way, we also, when we were children... We're in slavery under the elemental forces of the world. When the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Now, what is Paul talking about here? This is very, very important to understand. He's talking to people who are following a religion where they feel like they have to work and work and work to please God. So they're basically slaves, right? And then there are people who feel like they have to work and work and work to be good people. Again, slaves. But we go from being a slave to being a child of God, to being forgiven, to being an heir. How? The name of Jesus. Take it to the next level. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Paul writes again, and listen to the different names that Jesus takes on. It says, make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
So here we have Jesus going from God to becoming a human, essentially a slave to people. And then, allowing himself to be crucified, he becomes the what? He becomes the ransom to pay the price for our sins. And then, God exalts his name above every other name. Now put those two lists together, and you see how things change because of the name of Jesus? Because God allowed himself to become a man, we were broken from slavery. We became children of God. Because Christ went to the cross, became the ransom, we were forgiven. And now we're heirs to eternity, and Jesus is the name above all every names. So now we look at these scriptures and we have to say to ourselves, okay, all right, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? What do we, how should we respond in 2017? Well, there are three things I want to encourage you to do this year. And this is the first one. 2017 should be a year where every day we praise and we thank Jesus. Here's the problem we have living in the United States of America. We've never been oppressed. I mean, not real oppression, right? I mean, we've never been enslaved. We've never been um, ruled by a dictatorship. I mean, we've had it pretty good in the United States of America. I was thinking about my own life, and I was thinking, was there ever a time that I felt oppressed? And there was one time. I got a job working for a fish department. I will not tell you what fish department, because I do not want to disparage uh, this company's name. But I got a job working for the fish department. You thought, okay, a job's a job. I was just out of high school, going to college. It was the worst job in the history of my life. I felt like I had become a prisoner, really. Every day I went to work, I was going into prison. And, And the boss was as mean and nasty as a boss could be, right? And he made me feel so awful, I didn't feel like I could tie my shoes correctly. And the other people that are in me, the other prisoners, they gave me a hard time too. And it was, it was brutal. I remember one time I had the great honor of going there on Saturday mornings. And you know, it's a fish department, so they had fish fries on Friday night. So on Saturday morning, I had the great honor of going in there, turning on the, the fryers, heating up the fryer oil so that it could be dumped. That was my job. So I would take the fryer oil and I'd put it in a pan and then I would take the pan and you got to understand, this is hot fryer oil. And I'd walk it all the way to the back and dump it in the bigger vat. And if I didn't get burned on my wrist, it was a miracle. There was one week where my grandmother on my father's side died. And the same week, my grandfather on my mother's side died. And so I had to go to two funerals, right? And so I missed some work. And so when I went to get my paycheck, he actually looked at me and said, So, you think you earned this paycheck? I was like, my grandparents died. What is wrong with you? I didn't say that, though. I was like, yeah. Because I was intimidated, and I was scared. But I couldn't quit. My mother would not let me quit. She's like, you're not quitting. You have to keep going. You're not quitting. And I will never forget the Friday night. I'm in the back, and I'm doing dishes. You ever do fish dishes? Those are fun. I'm cleaning out the fish dishes, and, and, and the boss comes back, and he's, he, he's, he's trying to be all sad, but I, I don't think he really was sad. He comes back and goes, Chris, I'm sorry to tell you this, but we have to lay off some people. 
so I'm going to have to let you go. And I said, that's okay. <laughs> I, I understand. And he left, and I started jumping up and down. Woo, free at last, free at last. I got to go home and say, Mom, he laid me off. Can you believe that? Oh, my goodness. I tell you right now, to this day, whenever things get rough, I say it could be a lot worse. I could be in that jail cell. I could be working in that prison, in that fish department, because that was oppression. Now, again, we don't have that kind of oppression really in America, do we? But we have to understand something. We were slaves. Think about this for a moment. There is no way anybody in this room, anybody in this world can be good enough to earn eternal salvation. doesn't work that way. And in fact, what's interesting now is um, there are people who are atheists who are gathering, and they're gathering much like churches gather. In fact, I read a story the other day um, about a pastor whose dad was a very famous pastor, so he was kind of climbing the ranks, but then he became an atheist, But instead of just becoming an atheist, he decided, you know what? I can still be a pastor. I'll just pastor atheists. So he's on a major college campus in the United States of America, and they're kind of having church. And they get together, and what they talk about is like, well, this is all they're going to have, 73.2 years. So let's, what can we do to be good people? And they're trying to be good without Jesus. Folks, that's, that's slavery. We've been set free from that. We can't be good enough to go to heaven. But guess what? That's okay. Because we have the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, God forgives our sins. In the name of Jesus, we are no longer slaves. We are heirs. We are children of God. We don't deserve heaven, but we're going there. In the name of Jesus. So we got to spend 2017 praising and thanking God and remembering what God has set us free from. Here's the second thing I think we need to do. There needs to be more obedience and there needs to be more respect for God. There needs to be more obedience and there needs to be more respect for God. Let me explain this. When I was in the eighth grade, I'll never forget this, words started getting around school. Big news, big news. Some eighth grader had actually had the audacity to punch the gym coach. Well, this was 1978. We were in shock because, first of all, that's a teacher. And the name teacher alone is worthy of respect and obedience. Then you got a gym teacher who is a little bit stronger than most teachers, and you've got to be crazy to be punching the gym teacher. But you know what? That for me was kind of the start of kind of punching the authority, right? I mean, I even remember my friends calling their parents. They were talking about their parents and they were calling them their rents. Yeah, my rents were giving me a hard time. Like, who are the rents? Oh, my parents. But I just call them the rents, you know, because they're just the rents. I'm thinking, no, that wouldn't go over in my house if I called my parents their rents. But we have lost that in our society, haven't we? We have lost respect for authority figures. We have lost 
our obedience. We rise up, and we want what we want. And the problem is that when it comes to God, he's been being punched too. People have been writing books saying that, you know, the Bible gets mistranslated. We really don't have to follow it. We can follow whatever we want. And, you know, quite honestly, you know, okay, yeah, Jesus was a guy, but was he really God or was he just a a good man? I think he was just a good man. I think I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. And I think how, and I'm thinking to myself, really? Really? So you're telling me that doesn't matter who I follow. I can follow Muhammad. I can follow Buddha, Joseph Smith, myself. Doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. Yeah, it does matter. Verse 10 says, so at the name of Jesus, nobody else's name. It doesn't say, so at the name of, insert name here, It says, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, I'm not saying that we need to go to war. Don't be doing that. (laughs) But man, we should be bothered. When people say that Jesus is not the Son of God, when people say that Jesus was just a man, that should bother us. That should bother us. When people around us start punching God and we start thinking, yeah, maybe I don't need to really be respectful, be obedient. we got to stop and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I used to be a slave. And now I'm not because of this Jesus. I love Job. Job 38 verses 1 through 7 because Job is kind of punching God and he's kind of getting disrespectful and and, and God speaks to Job, and this is what God says to Job. It says, Job chapter 38, verses 1 through 7, he says, Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm, and this is what God says to him. He says, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you When I laid the earth's foundation, tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? Or what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Right? I mean, what a rebuke. You know, I think of this when I think of, I would love to see God just do this with some scientists. Who do you think you are? Oh, you're a scientist. Oh, so that means you're smart. Well, where were you when I created this world? I didn't see you. All right, so how do we do this? How in the world do we do this? How do we spend our lives in praise and thanksgiving and obedience and respect? I think it's just, it's just one way. We have to die to ourselves. If you don't do anything for the rest of this year, this 2017, the most important thing you can do is to die to 
yourself. The scriptures tell us that Jesus humbled himself even to death on the cross. He died to himself. We need to be doing that. I was thinking about like kind of a good illustration that could really detail this. And Kaylee shared this one with me. And I think this gives us a good kind of visual of what it means to die to ourselves, what that looks like. And it's a story about a guy who was like going up to his mentor and saying, you know, how, how do I do this? How do I, you know, be like Jesus? How do I, you know, die to myself? And the man says, this is what I want you to do. Go to the cemetery and go curse the dead. Guy says, all right. So he goes to the cemetery and he curses the dead and he comes back. And the guy says, okay, so did you curse the dead? He goes, yeah, well, what did the dead say to you? Uh, nothing, they're dead. Okay, good, good. Now go back to the cemetery and praise the dead. The guy goes, okay. So he goes to the cemetery and he praises the dead and then he comes back and he goes, okay, so what happened? He goes, I praised the dead. And what did the dead say to you? He says, nothing, they're dead, right? And the man said, be like the dead. Be like the dead. Don't worry about people who say bad things to you. Don't worry about people who praise you. All that matters is Jesus. His opinion, what he says, what he thinks, is all that matters, folks. That's it. That's it. So this year, as you go forth and you live your life, I just want to encourage you to really stop and say, okay, is this an emotional thing that I'm doing here? Because if you're here because of emotions, then you're here for the wrong reasons, right? Because emotions come and go, and you don't want to follow Jesus out of emotion. You need to be here because you believe and you know that only Jesus, nobody else, only Jesus is God. And only Jesus came down and lived, became a slave, and died on the cross to pay the price for your sins and my sins so that when we die, we won't spend eternity in hell. We're going to spend eternity in heaven. We are heirs. We are children of God. Not because we're good, but because of Jesus, and only because of Jesus. So when you start thinking, hmm, hmm, maybe this scripture was not translated correctly. Maybe the apostles made a mistake. Maybe these scientists know better than God. Maybe the world has got a good point about just saying that everybody's truth is everybody's truth and we're just going to roll with it and agree with everybody. Really? Is that why you're free? Is that why you're no longer a slave? Because the answer is you're no longer a slave because of Jesus. And whether you agree with everything in the scriptures or not, it doesn't matter. Who are we to tell God what to do, right? We need to obey him. 
We need to praise him. We need to thank him. We need to die to ourselves.